Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. You know, as we celebrate a very long Thanksgiving weekend, Martha and I thought we'd celebrate this Black Friday talking about debt. We brought back into the studio with us David and Jill Johnson from growthedream.com as we decided that we would just take these Two days. If you missed yesterday's broadcast, you really need to go back and listen to us. How do husbands and wives work together? Today, we're talking about debt. How does debt impact our marriages? And there's some interesting perspectives you're going to hear today. Really wanted to just bring up the topic because you guys are all out spending money today. Are you buying <laughs> stuff you need or buying stuff you're saving money by spending it today? You know, that famous song sung by Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, I owe... I owe. It's <laughs> off to work I go. It was something like that, wasn't it? Pretty close, yeah. It was something like that. That's what I thought. Okay, so they made it famous, those seven dwarves, yet we have taken it to a whole new level. As a country, we're $20 trillion in debt. Every household in the United States of America is responsible for somewhere like 180 or $200,000 in federal debt. Mm. It's some staggering number. Yet, we're not allowed to spend like that. Yet, there are many couples who debt has really impacted their marriages. And so I thought this would be just something we would really talk about today because Martha and I have got a story on how debt had impacted our marriage early on. And, and here's, here's a verse from Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. No, God doesn't desire that you go into debt. But he can use your getting out of debt for his glory and to impact your life, to change you, to shape you from who you are to who he can use more effectively. Martha, David, and Jill Johnson, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Jill, you should be more excited. <laughs> Yippee! Woohoo! <laughs> now we know where Grace gets it. There you go. I thought you had coffee before the show, though. Okay. So I, I thought we've just finished celebrating thanks, the giving of thanks for 2016. And we shared on yesterday's show the things that we're thankful for that God surprised us with. How about, David, start us off with the thing you are most thankful for in 2016? I have to go with my family on that one. I mean, you know, it's T-ball, but that's, uh, <laughs> it's true. But did you hit it out of the park? That's the question. Uh, well, I doubt it, but uh, there's still time. Um, no, my family, uh, you know, these are, I'm looking at my wife and my beautiful daughter here, and 
I shouldn't leave you out, and you're beautiful too. Uh, but uh, God has just given me the most amazing people to to be around. I, I talked yesterday about the motorcycle ride with my dad. Fantastic, just you know, family all the way around. Jill, well, relationships with people, realizing that we are meant to be connected and have relationship, and that's truly where we can live life abundantly with each other. And this is like our fourth double date this year, too. i just it like is. to note that. Yeah. Oh, does wow. being on the radio together counts as this, a date? It, well, it does. <laughs> we are spending time together talking. Yeah. And, and we could have food involved if we wouldn't, but we're not allowed to talk with our mouthful. Martha, what are you most thankful for? I don't know why this is so hard, and I think that it's because I am just very thankful for so many things mm. that have happened this year. Um, what some people may see as adversity has uh, has really caused us to grow deeper, and I'm thankful for that. Mm. And, and I'm thankful that the Lord is stretching us together at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're, we're at that same pace being stretched together. So I don't know. We don't. Have, I don't have to go through this alone. You don't have to go through this alone. Amen. Mm. You know, as we have this special Black Friday edition of our work for Him. How is debt impacting your life? What do you hear our stories and how it's impacted our marriages? Maybe you can make some good decisions so you don't repeat some of those, the mistakes that we've made. You're listening to I Work For Him. Martha's taking issue with the word Black Friday and I Work For Him. You know, Black Friday, I, I think the whole idea is that you save so much money, you don't go into the red, you the stay black. in the black. That, I, I'll go with that. If you're a retailer, you're celebrating Black Friday. Right, because that's what this is really all about. That's exactly right. right. For the first time this year, they're actually in the black. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. Even though they give us stuff away. I mean, I don't know. But it cracks me up because, I mean, in my emails, I've been getting, you know, Black Friday Friday. specials for the last week. It's crazy. They used to wait for Cyber Monday, and now it's, you know, they have to, even the online retailers have to get in on Black Friday. Yeah, no, absolutely. In fact, on Tuesday, we did a Black Friday deal. On oh, Tuesday. We took oh, advantage right. of one. I don't, we took advantage yeah. of one. All right. So, yeah, we don't offer any. Yeah. But if you <laughs> would like a Black Friday deal on advertising for 2017 and I work for him, just contact me, Jim at IWorkForHim.com, and <laughs> I will hook you up and we'll get you national exposure next year. All right. So anything that you that you had to buy today before the studio, before the show, before you came up to the studio for the show today, that you had to buy that was a Black Friday Absolutely deal? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't do Black Friday. <laughs> I just don't. (laughs) There's just something about those crowds. They absolutely make me shiver in fear. Jill, what about you? Did you have to have anything Black Friday? No, I used to be really big into going um, shopping on Black Friday and enjoying the crowds and and getting what I can and getting that awesome deal. But not anymore. I just want to stay home and decorate for Christmas and then go online to Amazon and just have (laughs) it come to the door. It's so easy. It's so much easier. It, it is amazing how easy Amazon is. You realize, though, they are not an endorsed provider here on iWork. <laughs> not at all. No. Martha. So I was thinking about, oh, my goodness, it must have been 15. It was more than 15 years ago. Um, my sister-in-law and I, your sister, used to do the Black Friday thing, get up at 430, go to the mall. Yeah. But it was before everybody was doing it. And it was like you really got good deals you know gift wrapping paper for a dollar and you know coffee mugs for two dollars i don't i don't even remember but it was like before it became a deal you know it was like it was it was really an awesome thing and we had a lot of fun but i agree now i like to decorate get the (laughs) house ready but 
let me just put a little plug in there. I am very passionate about Small Business Saturday. Absolutely. So please, people people that did not shop on Friday and you still have money in your wallet, (laughs) I don't want you to use your credit cards for this. Or if you do, if you pay them off, that's fine. But um, Small Business Saturday is all about supporting the local businesses that are in your town that... They need your business to stay, but they can be there without your business. So it's like, you know, you always take advantage. You you take it for granted that they're going to be there. But right. if you don't shop there and help make their mm-hmm. good retail season, they may not be there next year. So Amazon just, will put them out of business. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So Small Business Saturday and um, Giving Tuesday. All right. Since we're talking about debt today, what what? What? I'm Give, tr- Giving Tuesday. I just wanted to put another plug. Is there another yes. day? Can we highlight? We got, we yes. got Cyber Monday. Giving Tuesday Giving is new Tuesday. on me, too. I'm sorry. Christmas <laughs> is coming in four weeks. People, be ready. Giving Tuesday is for the people that don't make a habit of tithing to their local church but have tax dollars to donate. Giving Tuesday is where you find the ministries to um, make a donation to. Okay, they didn't ask me, but if I had planned Giving Tuesday, I would have made it before Black Friday. I know, <laughs> right? Exactly. nobody has any money left. <laughs> In fact, I checked the calendar because I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, shouldn't that be before yeah. they spend all their money? Somebody screwed that one up. Yeah. Well, well, it's Black Friday, so if you haven't gone off shopping yet, you could consider going to iWorkForHim.com and mm-hmm. any money you put into the iWorkForHim giving fund will go towards Marketplace, Workplace, full Focused ministries for them to gain more and more participation on the air, especially this year as we go across the nation. That is an opportunity for you to get involved. But we don't ask for a lot of money on the show. That's something. If you're looking for an opportunity, a tax write-off, that is one that you could absolutely get involved in all day long. All right. So the stupidest thing you ever bought on a Black Friday that you end up giving away at a garage sale? I think I can only remember one thing we actually like that I know that we bought on a Black Friday and we sent our daughter to the store to stand in line and get it. Oh, all right. Wow. Way to because go. She loves, Delegation She right loves there. to shop. And so, didn't we get a TV we on a a TV. Black Friday? All right, yeah. so I'll, I'll give you a change of question. So there you Stupidest go. thing you ever bought that you ended up giving away in a garage sale you never used? Oh, I have so many. Just pick one. Um, it was this exercise machine. Um, it was a, a Pilates giant machine. Pilates machine. <laughs> I remember that, the day it arrived. That I purchased without David knowing... And I thought I was going to sneak it into the house. <laughs> a and big it was machine. a huge seven-foot box, and it was just a nightmare. And yes. UPS came, and she went and ran, and she hid. <laughs> well, uh, yours thrown her. What about you? Did you buy anything that you you give away? Oh, I, I weigh eclipsed her. What electronic thing have you it purchased? It was not. You no, know, it was information products at a big seminar. Yes. Thousands yeah. of dollars. I got vitamins Thousands. I bought on the online once that I, that was the stupidest thing. I bought vitamins. They, yeah, anyway, that was bad. <laughs> Martha, quick. I said that t- I, I was thinking the TV on Black Friday. But we didn't get rid of that, though. We no. use it every day. Hey, good point. How has debt impacted your marriage? Maybe you're not married yet. How's debt impacted you? How many of you out there listening, you're like, I still got school loans. I'm not married, and I'm over my eyeballs in debt. You know, it's unfortunate that there's so much debt around. And, and it is very clear in the scriptures that debt is likened unto slavery. Yet we are on our college campuses giving credit cards to our college students that don't understand that that's they're just asking people to get into slavery but they get a free t-shirt <laughs> i think it's probably t-shirt. more than a t-shirt now that was 30 years ago when they were given away t-shirts. it was a cheap cheap t-shirt too of course I it was that. all right so martha what's one thing you bought that we gave away at a garage sale that was just ridiculous that you had to have it but we gave it away 
That is such a hard... Why is that such a hard question for me? See, Martha and I made this deal years and years ago. Right after we got married, we said, we don't want to be like our parents. Sorry, Mom and Dad. We love you. That's right. (laughs) Um, We don't want to have stuff sitting around that never gets used. So if it doesn't get used in a year, we give it away. We decide, and and that's we used to have garage sales. We, we'd sell it at a garage sale. Now we decided that is the most ridiculous thing ever. We go to other people's garage sales, but we just give our stuff away because <laughs> garage sales are way too much of a pain in the butt. Yes. And so we don't want to accumulate stuff because we help move our parents between thirty and forty years of marriage somewhere in there. And they, like my mom, she still had her college textbooks. Like seriously, mom, come on. Any, anyway, so we, um, what David's looking at Jill, like I got my college textbooks. Actually, that sounds kind of cool. I, I I didn't go to college. It was but, th- yeah. my mom is a math major, and that math is now taught in like eighth grade. Ah, I mean, it's just no. It's new math, and now we have new math. Yeah, we have new math, <laughs> and, and twelve right, ways so, to Martha, solve that problem. What'd you come up with? <laughs> okay, um, a couple of years ago, we were going to have extra company, and so I went and got a bed and a headboard. And mm. it was only a full-size bed, so it really wasn't a permanent, good permanent solution. Right. So we didn't end up giving that away because people were opting for the trundle beds rather than the full-size <laughs> sure. bed. There was a clue, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, and we just gave it away. Full-size beds are for newlyweds. Yes. Um, so, but I was telling Jill that the, actually the only things I ever bought on TV, I still use to this day. You're the such ads a seen as t- on TV. Like but then I quit because oh. I'm like, I don't want to, you know, yeah. I don't want to break well, my yeah. track record. What do you have that you bought? My on? bow maker that oh. I still use to make bows for the Christmas tree. Not a bow flex. A no, bow not maker. a bow flex. Right. A bow right. maker. And then I actually found a couple of those at a garage sale this year, so I have them for the girls. So she bought you more. backups. Yes, yeah. hey, right. backups. And my shemop. Shemop. My she does shemop. Use the shemop. And, I, and I use my shemop. And I can what have a little on now. Is this a Hebrew mop? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds kind of like... It's well, a chamois mop. Oh, okay. Well, That's what I think What about all the stamping stuff? No oh. stamping. Or, or I gave it all away. Was that on TV now? Did you buy it on TV? No. Oh, okay. No, but it she collected it. it, you know, full price at Michael's. We and didn't, that's however, buy yeah. all the beanie babies. Oh, yeah? We did not. Oh, okay, yeah. No, but my sister did. Oh. <laughs> She's listening. I love you, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, moving all right, on. So Black Friday, we're talking about debt and the impact on our marriages. And I just thought it would be good for us to talk about how do we... Hmm. I, I'm trying to figure out how do we jump into this conversation. How has debt impacted your our marriage? Well, let's just start with us. So we'll lay it up for David and Jill from GrowTheDream.com. All right. So I'm trying to give it plugs because these guys are awesome. And they're like get subliminal messages. It's very kind of you. Really. GrowTheDream.com. Okay. Can I just start the conversation? Start it. So when our children were just little sparkles in our eyes um, very early <laughs> um, when we were young was we had started working in insurance and we had um, a business in our home and that was growing but not at the same pace as necessarily the commissions were growing mm. and I can very much remember we had built a bigger house to have an office in it justified it you know that we needed the space to have the office which was wonderful because we were working at home um, but working on the checkbook and the stress that I was feeling at that point in time um, was overwhelming because mm-hmm. we had a home equity loan. We were trying to grow the business, and insure. We were in insurance, so the commissions don't you know don't just come the day that you make a sale. And um, figuring out that whole 
how do you make an even income in a commission-based world? And um, that was a very, very uh, critical time in the conversations that we were having about money. And um, we weren't living on a budget either. We were not living on a budget. We didn't really have a good concept of what the Bible had to say about money. Oh, no, I knew it all. I remember we telling my good friend, we knew Greg, it all. I, he's trying to get us to go through Crown Financial yes. Ministries. And I'm like, Greg, I already know what the Bible has to say. I got it. I've been tithing all my life. Yep. yep. <laughs> Those were the conversations we were having in our home. And <laughs> and um, enter Crown Financial Ministries. But I just, I, I can picture me sitting at my desk in our offices in our office space and, and it stressed like, you to death. I cannot even know. I don't even know what to do at this point. That was probably one of the years that. I took over the checkbook cause you couldn't take it anymore. It was, it was a, it was yeah. rough. Yeah. It was rough. And, and we'll finish more of that story. But we'll get a little bit of the precursor of David and Jill's story. Yeah. Debt. It's had a big impact on our lives. Yes, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Uh, we actually got started, um, I, I came into the marriage with very little debt. I'd had a good lecture from my dad. And I came into the marriage with debt, college loans, and also a very unhealthy, dysfunctional relationship with money. Mm. So I think David actually had a better uh, attitude and understanding of money and um but then it spiraled from there. Yeah, it spiraled. <laughs> when, when we got married, uh, I, we I, I suddenly acquired credit. I didn't I didn't have much established credit, you know, when we got married. But uh, you know, I, we we got married, so we were suddenly buying things. We bought a car. We bought you know we just you know buying stuff. We also built a house very early on, and I used the same justification. You know, hey, we, we're we got this business we want to start, so you know we 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 built a house probably way before we were ready. Not probably. We were we were not ready for that yet, right. and uh, and then it, the the house started increasing in value really dramatically, and anybody in Florida knows where this story goes right? <laughs> all the way up. Hey, another business opportunity came along. I borrowed more money out of the house. I refined. You know, I mean, we we we, we so mm-hmm. we refinanced the house a few times. We had a lot of credit cards. We had a home equity line, and at one point in time, our house appraised for something like five times what we built it for. And we thought we were being disciplined, you know, when we would roll credit cards into a home equity line or whatever we did. We did that a few a few different times. But we never borrowed. I thought we were being disciplined, right? We never borrowed more than about 60% of what the house appraised for. The problem was, of course, that appraisal was inflated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and I don't want to give it all away just yet because we're really talking about the impact of debt on a marriage. Martha, talk to me about, let's just describe the emotions. When we started to realize the the level of the debt and the impact on our lives, the emotions, because there is, I remember seeing Martha in tears. What was your emotion behind those tears? If you can remember, I know it's a lot of years ago. It's, it's a long time ago. Yeah. I think, um, helplessness came to mind. Um, we are hard workers. So the frustration between, you know, what we were putting in and still owing you know for something and again not seeing the big picture not understanding that we needed to be better stewards of what we had and um, not to do things as the world told us to do them but um, I think a lot of it maybe was just the 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 uh, 
the feeling that I, I just couldn't make a difference and that it was overwhelming. Well, and I agree with the overwhelming. I mean, it was fear for mm-hmm. me, but it was also like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? We got a lot of debt. And ours, a lot of our debt was driven by two choices. When we first, when we got married, we had zero debt. I mean, I got out of college with zero debt. Martha got out of college with zero debt. And then right out of college, then we bought a car. Because, you know, why not? Because the interest rates were 2.9%. We thought that was amazing. So we got a, we got a great deal on a car. Although the car we were driving was paid for. But we traded that one in so we could buy a car that wasn't paid for. That was a really great deal. Because, you know, newlyweds with no children needed a station wagon. Right. I'm it not was right. a hatchback. <laughs> it was a hatchback, not a station wagon. It was a Ford Escort wagon. That oh, was a hatchback. the Ford Escort wagon, yeah. That thing was amazing. Uh, but it, but it was, we also didn't know up front that we should be hanging out with people that were like-minded and we hadn't decided what our mindedness was with money and so the sure. people we hung out with were more advanced in years and more established in their businesses mm-hmm. businesses and so therefore we hung out with people that we couldn't keep up with yeah you tried to buy and live like they did right yes, yes. we did yeah. mm-hmm. much like you know they say a lot of people the young kids today think they should be living like their parents exactly you know, where right. you you're look you're looking too far ahead and you're 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 not there yet. You know? Yeah, we built a house that was not a starter house at all, you know, and we'd, mm-hmm. we'd, we'd lived in an apartment for, I don't know, 11 months or something by the time we had money down on a piece of land yeah. and we were, you know, yeah. signing a contract with the builder. And it was like, it was a house that my parents would have lived in, you know, yeah, just very much. unrealistic expectations of what we should acquire and what we should have at that age. And for the longest time, you were talking about what emotions yeah. that we had. I think I lived like an ostrich. My head was in the sand. I was in denial for the longest time. And it really, for us, came crashing down when we had Grace and I stopped working. I was working full-time. He was working full-time. So we were managing things. Truly, we weren't because the debt was mounting. The anxiety was increasing. But once we had a child and my heart was to stay home, that's when the you know the house of cards started to... Well, it crashed. <laughs> what about your emotions, David? Describe them. Yeah, uh, I could so identify with what you were saying, Martha, about just feeling like you're working as hard as you can possibly work, and and you're still, you know, somehow either not getting ahead or not getting ahead at the rate you want to get ahead, um, and and just realizing that. You know, I I did this, you know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this is my fault. Mm -hmm. I made these dumb decisions. And every time I would borrow, I had a good reason. You know, it was. And so finally, I had to come to a point where I realized, you know, there's really no good justification. Uh, You have to realize that there's money left. uh, You know, there's there's a gap between what I owe and the credit limit is not a good justification for spending. (laughs) You know, Uh, and and so uh, there was a. (laughs) Say that again. Yeah, that was really good. The fact that that there's that there's more left on the credit line right is not a justification for spending it you know and mm-hmm. so uh, i had to i had to realize that the fact that there's no money in the bank that's when i stop spending you know not not when there's yeah. when it's not maxed out yet <laughs> right whatever it is mm-hmm. so um but those emotions were 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 truly overwhelming and in some ways today we still are paying for some of that um, in our lives. And so All right, we're talking today with David and Jill Johnson from growthedream.com, growthedream.com. David, as people are tuning in from Black Friday, going to debt more, buy things that people don't need Friday, how th- grow the dream? What what is that all about? We help businesses grow. So if Their you're dream. Yeah, I believe that behind every business idea, behind every business person, every entrepreneur is a God-given dream. 
Maybe it's to somehow be a part of your own destiny. I don't like to say, you know, create your own destiny or because I believe God put that in you. I believe it's a God-given thing. So we are here to help you grow that. You know, one of the, there's the old story of Abraham and Isaac. You know, he waited so many years and had finally had Isaac, the son of promise. And yet he had to grow. He had to parent Isaac. <laughs> At a hundred, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, God's the the dream that God gives you just doesn't pop out fully mature. <laughs> you know, you uh, you have to steward that and, and grow it. And so we're here to help you, and we do that through a lot of different uh, means. Offline and online, digital marketing, content marketing, strategy, all that good stuff. David and Jill Johnson from growthedream.com. Glad we could have this conversation today. At, before we get to the end of the segment, we're going to talk about how the Lord delivered us from debt. But let's give some perspective. I want to keep people hanging on here because... There's some amazing stories on how God's delivered us from our debt. And, and and it's, first of all, let's just talk about, is it possible to run your, no, let's just, let's not do that one yet. Okay. <laughs> how has debt been used in your marriage? Martha, let's just talk about how we've used debt in our marriage. We use debt to finance cars. Yes. We've used debt to finance homes. Mm-hmm. We use debt to finance our business. Early on. Early on. And we use debt to buy going out for dinner, <laughs> which that would probably be the stupidest thing we ever did. How do you feel about that use of debt in our marriage? You know, um, when you put it that way, I mean, it really, when you think about it, when you eat something and then you owe on it and you mm. might have to pay interest on it, um, it it's crazy. Uh, so what are you actually at wanting me to answer? <laughs> I mean, is that, that's all a lot Before the Lord about. grabbed our lives in 1999, 13 years into our marriage, and, and you now look back at that, are you happy with the way we use debt in our marriage? Um, no, but I say that with that kind of tone because if it weren't for learning what the impact of the debt had on us and then learning the biblical principles of money in our marriage, we wouldn't be where we are today in that understanding. So I'm thankful for the lessons that we learned as a result of it. I'll say God's used every dumb decision I've ever made Mm -hmm. to teach me something too. So (laughs) (laughs) I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Jill. (laughs) (laughs) To follow up, I mean, you know, how did you guys, how have you guys used debt in your marriage? We used it for all the stuff you said. Mm-hmm. And then some. And then we bought things we didn't need with it, and we bought groceries. You know, I mean, yeah. forget going out. Sometimes right. it was like, we don't have the money for food to, you know, put in the refriger- yeah. refrigerator, so let's go borrow money to yeah. do that, too. It just really snowballed. I mm-hmm. mean, it just really... And once you start down that road of using debt, not as a tool, but as a means of how you live it uh, can be really hard to break it. So we, we were solidly going down that path, and instead of using cash or what was literally in our bank accounts, we just kept using the credit cards, and then you have to use your credit cards, and then somewhere along the line you have that epiphany, ooh, i got to get out of this because we're going down fast. So when you well, – wait, let's just all answer this question. Okay. How has debt impacted our marriage. So, Martha, I would say it caused a lot, a lot of arguments because mm-hmm. we had a lot of stress. I mean, it yes, had a lot yes. of stress. Um, it uh, that that was one thing. I mean, it fed for me. It fed my car fantasy because I love driving cars, different cars all the time, and it really drove 
it, they drove that part of it because I kept flipping cars and flipping cars and flipping cars, mm-hmm. which caused us to waste a lot of money and go into debt. Uh, but I think it just it it I mean it put an undue burden on you because you were the one managing the checkbook while I was out selling insurance. I mean it, it put a lot of stress on you. Yeah, I th- I think it all boils down to just the the pressure, the stress. Mm, you stress. know the the it's it's crazy now um, in in just thinking about it and the it's you couldn't have an argument over um, you know. A, a deeper conversation because we were, you know, we had the right. stress of, mar- or of the money, you know, I, I guess I don't even know how to, how to really even think about it now, but you know, you couldn't, now we're having conversations about we're struggling with trusting and right. thanking and, you know, whatever that the scripture is teaching us, but then it was all how we get, you know, we got to pay these yeah. bills and we need to make more sales and we need to do this and we need to do that. And what about, now, I can't even imagine, you know, right. the insurance bills on top of, you know, all that kind of stuff that there is today. Same. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we, it, it, when, when debt, when you, when you realize that you've kind of crossed a line somewhere and you may not have realized it when you crossed the line, but you, you realize it later at the moment that, 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 you know, you realize it and, and the pressure and all the stress comes, mm-hmm. you can't have a conversation or, or go through a day or even a minute without that looming and and rearing its head. I mean, it, yeah, it becomes it part of everything. You. It limits you. You're constantly worried about the day to day, and it limits your full potential, the design that God has for you. When you're thinking about how am I going to pay for my groceries? How am I going to keep my lights on? How am I going to live? You're not living the way God intended for you to live. It, it's a lot easier to relate to the first part of John ten ten, where the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy when you're in debt, than what Jesus was saying. Hey, I came that you might have life and live it to the fullest. Right. It, it seems to go in contrary to that. So I can't help but think about our listeners that are tuning in today and thinking, "Well, I never really thought about it, but I'm living in this tremendous amount of debt that you're talking about, or I live like that, where I'm I just buy dinner on a credit card and things like that." So. I want to, I just, I feel like I just need to address that because there is hope and, and where you may be at today, it doesn't have to be where you stay. And I guess that's maybe some of the purpose of this conversation today is to provide hope and to provide maybe some resources. And most of all, to say that just because the culture says that life needs to be a certain way, it doesn't. It doesn't. And living in the truth of the scriptures is very freeing as opposed to living in in this overwhelming need to perform and have things that the world tells you you need to have. I think we have a very sophisticated form of slavery today masquerading as freedom. And this is one of the areas that we have it in. You know, the scripture says the rich rules over the poor and Mm -hmm. the borrower is servant to the lender. Proverbs Mm -hmm. 22. Uh, verse seven, and it's it's so true. You find yourself enslaved. You can't make a decision without the need to pay something back or else borrow more. Being a part of the decision when you are, you know, uh, truly beyond your 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 where you should be in debt. It is such what we're talking. As you listen to the show today, let me just tell you what the, what the scriptures desire and what Christ desires. He came to set us free, right? And and yet debt puts us back in slavery. 
But it's our choice. We're choosing to enslave ourselves. And Paul talks about it. And he's just like, wait a minute, what are you doing? Let's talk about how the Lord is delivering us from debt. You know, Martha and I, you and I had really persistent friends in 1999 in our small group that we were involved in. Mm -hmm. And Greg came to us and goes, you guys need to get involved in Crown Financial Ministries. And we're like, whatever. I already know. This is me speaking. (laughs) I already know everything the Bible has to say about money. I don't need to go. He goes, no, you don't, Jim. I'm like, yes, I do. No, you don't. So January 99, we finally decided to go through this. And we went through that course, 13-week course at the time. Now you can take it in four, eight, and 10-week versions. And we learned that our money wasn't ours. Mm -hmm. We learned that we got everything from God, not just 90% or 10% that we had to give back. We learned that how we spent our money reflected the gods in our lives. We learned a lot of things. What was the biggest thing you came away with learning? Well, I think the biggest decision that we made as a result of um, taking Crown Financial Ministries Bible study was the fact that we, if we lived in a life of debt, we were not free to move where God wanted us to go at any point in time. Mm-hmm. And if you had, if you felt God saying, "I want you to do X," and you say, "Yeah, but I can't because I need, I owe my credit card bill." then you're going to tell God no because you've made choices that limit you from doing what God's calling you to do. And that was our paradigm shift. That was that moment or that decision that we made that said we don't want to live to where when God tells us to do something, we can't do it. No, we realized that we had misused what we've been given mm-hmm. and that we have made poor choices and that we were going to have to make some tough choices in order to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. And what was cool is we came together and we weren't living on a budget. We needed to live on a budget. And we came together and said, Lord, we really want to be debt free. But we were 33 at the time. We want to be debt free by the time we're 40 so that when you ask us to go do something, we can't say no. That was what our, our prayer was together. Right. And what was amazing is over the next seven years before we turned 40, how the Lord delivered us completely out of debt, including house debt in those seven years. By, thing, a, by things that no one would have could have predicted. It wasn't like you could have made a spreadsheet and said, this is going to happen, and this is going to no. happen, and this is going to happen in this time frame. He, and, he backdoored us on, on an investment that we did <laughs> that made us $100,000 to pay down $100,000 worth of debt. It was an amazing thing. We bought a house here in Florida in 03, no, in 01. We bought a house in Florida because we thought we were going to live there when we moved down here in 03. And we ended up not living there. And we kept it, and we sold it. In 05. Oh, good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Lord knew the timing, and yeah. we made almost $100,000. But that was never the plan. And it paid down. We just used it to pay down debt. We're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, that's just like, we never would have done that. Right. We also immediately, when we made that commitment, within two months, the Lord allowed us to get out of our quarter million dollar house and buy a house just as big, 50 miles west in a small town in Minnesota for half the price. Which, and because our house payment was half the price, we were able to start paying off a whole bunch of other debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Lord just did a whole bunch of amazing things. He yeah. did. And, and yet we were so thick skulled that, you know, when you're in the midst of it, you don't really see it as though you're going, oh, check mark. God's doing something here. Sure. I mean, we've, 
we felt like we were being obedient. We were doing those things, but yet it was not until actually quite a bit later that we looked back, of course, on the story that he was writing and saying, look at the, the miracles that God performed in mm. order to allow this to happen. Because yeah. we didn't wake up every day going, okay, we're a day closer to 40. What's it? <laughs> you know, we didn't live like that. Right. Yet God got a hold of our priorities and allowed a bunch of things to change. And well, that's the test. And the Lord enabled us to raise our kids understanding that debt is not something they need to thrive in. I mean, yeah. they got to learn from our mistakes because they were old enough to yes. understand it. And you've just heard us share transparently. We're just doing that. That's our deal. I mean, if, if you look at the four of us, we're just living our lives transparently for you so you can learn from our stupid mistakes. I mean, honestly, debt has impact on our marriages. And we can all say that did debt leave a positive impact on, on your marriage? Only because God is good and is able to use anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a good Sunday school answer. That's true. It is true. It is true. Jill, what were you going to say? Jill's a woman of very few words. Jill. Oh, it impacted our marriage greatly. <laughs> and But ultimately, he is using it, and he is growing us from it. And we're still growing through it now. It's not like it's all over, you know? No, it is. It's definitely a process, and it is one of those things where... It, I would say it had a negative impact at the time, but once we submitted our wallets to the Lord, he has done amazing things in our marriage. And yeah. honestly, you know, we've, I've said this on air many times, we wouldn't be on the air if we had debt because there's no way we could have ever stepped out and, and, and been obedient. That's really the key word, been obedient to doing this ministry that made absolutely no sense if we'd had debt. I mean, the Lord just, I mean, he's provided. I mean, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about the where you guys are at in your process of being delivered from debt and, and the impact that's having on your marriage. So, I mean, a number of years ago, we arrived at a moment where we said, okay, that's it. No more borrowing. And um, that wasn't a moment where we were free from debt, but it was a moment where we realized that what we had actually been doing was living yeah you know it's it's one thing to say you're living beyond your means but we were actually living beyond what god had equipped us to live hmm. which means that we did not we weren't mature enough uh, we didn't have the business skills the financial skills in our in our lives to handle what we had taken on and uh, there's a reason that you have limitations in your life, you know, right. and uh, and so I think what's happened since that moment where we said, OK, that's the that's the line in the sand. We, we, we drew the line and we're not borrowing anymore. We have begun to uh, live more within the capacity that that we already have the maturity to handle. And, and that, that includes business wise. Well, speaking of capacity, I think debt oftentimes is a symptom of something deeper. We talk about our choices and we can make money management budgeting very black and white. When I think it can be much more complicated than that and it's a reflection of our internal emotional landscape, our spiritual interior, how we're using money, what are we using it for, what are we buying, why are we motivated? And God has to come in oftentimes and heal us internally and it's and he has to do that first because if he turns around and gives us here's three hundred thousand dollars pay off your house if you aren't whole internally shalom nothing missing nothing broken you're going to turn around and get right back into that hole again Mm -hmm. so for me this the journey out of debt is a very internal journey of healing 
Mm. Sure, because so many people, their spending habits are trying to fill a void. Exactly. And and beyond that, trying to impress others or trying to keep up with someone or give the impression of your business is going better than it really is and all of those kinds of things that we try to fill uh, ourselves with instead of filling ourselves yeah. with the love of or Christ. numb pain. Mm-hmm. You're using you're purchasing things because you're trying to cover real pain. Mm-hmm. Well, and what what Martha and it's so true. I mean, it's just like eating chocolate. We eat, why do you eat chocolate? Well, because it makes me feel better. <laughs> it does help for a little while. It's <laughs> temporal. It's temporal. And dark chocolate is actually scientifically proven to be good for you. I'm just is, okay, 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 okay. But what we have seen when we stopped putting trust in Visa, American Express, Mastercard, and Discover, and we said, "Okay, Lord, we need you to provide." Certain things. We've seen the Lord provide dishwashers. Not that dishwashers are important. That's a first world problem. But a, a dishwasher get provided. Uh, we've had a car. I mean, we, everybody's heard me talk about my van. Literally, um, almost nine years ago, the Lord provided us with nine years this month. Provided this van. We paid cash for it because we were committed to debt free. And it had 50,000 miles on it. I had no idea the Lord intended me to keep it 200,000 miles. <laughs> I've never owned a car past 100,000 miles. We've seen the Lord provide small little things, big things constantly it's amazing can you go on here's a quick question we got you know 30 seconds can you start a business and run a business without going into debt yes you can absolutely and i believe that as well and that's something that's really important for us to recognize that the lord doesn't intend for us to use debt to finance his vision he's got you covered but it may take longer than what you plan that's really the battle hey mike final final seconds final words anything well, I just think if anybody's looking for help, give us an email. Jim and I work for him.com. That's Jim and I work for him.com. This is a battle that all of your friends, neighbors, families, and coworkers are struggling with. The solutions are throughout the scriptures. There's 2,350 verses on money and possessions to help us not have money and possessions as a God in our lives. Go to the scriptures. They've got the answers. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field. 